Hi. Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. It is a podcast about divas and their fans and queerness and why queer people love divas so much. And it's about ladies who love ladies. Like aunts and mothers. And sisters and uh, girlfriends. Um, we don't always have uh, ladies on the podcast. We're trying to be better about that and get more. And uh, so today we have one. We have Tashi. Yay! Yay. And they've agreed to give me $5 for gas. How sweet (laughs) of them. Oh my God. $4.50. $4.50. That'll do. That's a gallon, baby. (laughs) Tashi uh, Condoli is a brilliant comedian and performer uh, who lives in Los Angeles, California. Truth be told. And who who are you standing over today? Who are you a super fan of? I am a super fan of Oprah. Just kidding. Oprah. Oh. Wait, her name was her, what? I forget. Orpa. Orpa. That's what it was. That's what I wanted to say. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Orpa. <laughs> that's what I wanted to redo. I'm a fan of Orpa. They got her name wrong on her birth certificate. and Or they spelled it. They told them, right? And then they spelled it wrong, so they just went with it. But I love Oprah. That's my girl. That's my dog. <laughs> And no, she's not a lesbian. Get over it. You can't have them all. I know. I told Nick, I was like, so Tashi, the one thing Tashi doesn't want to talk about is that everyone screams that um, uh, Gail and Oprah are lesbians. I will talk about it. Because Nick wrote something really beautiful about that. I was reading something about it today, Oprah's statement about it today when I was on the plane. I was like doing so much Oprah on the plane today. And she said, she was like, you guys, if I was a lesbian, you don't think I would have told you by now? That's what I always say. I everything. I started crying because it just makes me think of what a huge fucking ally Oprah has always been to the community. And if she was a member of the community, she would let everybody know. Yeah, she, she's, she's not ashamed. She know, she's told us everything about her life. If you read her book, What I Know For Sure, she talks about when she had a baby when she was, what, 13, 14, and it died after a week and how people found that out and that was like a devastating thing. So... Like she said, yeah, everyone know everything. They they dig through your trash. They, I mean, I don't, I don't, I always say I don't want to be famous. I want to be successful. Because what if you have to fart in the airport bathroom? I mean, come on. Life is hard. It's too real out there. And people don't really let you make mistakes. But I love Oprah. I also think like people also don't let women be friends with women. And not have to call it something else. And yeah, that's the other thing Oprah said too. She was like, people don't understand a, a female friendship that could be so deep without it being sexual. That's what I said. I was like, obviously they've never seen the color purple when you and me must never part. It's like yeah. white girls, black girls, Indian girls, girlfriends are, it goes deep. I mean, there are scientific studies that say if your friend is exercising in another city, you're more apt to exercise because of your girlfriend. Just like you can get on the same period cycle, menstruation cycle, like women are close. And men can have those, men have not been allowed in modern day society to have those relationships. I take it all back. I'm like, they can, but it's really not allowed. (laughs) But I will say like for me, like I always say this, like part of my queer, my big part of my queerness is my romantic friendships. You know, like the the friendships that to me are, are held to this like, super super high status and watching like gail and oprah that's always been so inspiring like it was so rare to see someone be like i'm just gonna constantly talk about not stedman 
but my most important person in my life, my best girlfriend, Gail. A lot of women have close friends. Very few have friends as close as yours. Mm -hmm. Describe that friendship to me. Whew, okay. Uh, she is the mother I never had. She is the sister everybody would want. She is the friend that everybody deserves. I don't know a better person. I don't know a better person. Why is it making you cry? <sighs> Shoot, wasn't gonna cry here. Um, it's making me cry because I'm thinking about how much uh, I probably have never told her that. Tissue, please. I now need tissue. I've never told her that. Because, you know, we're not like, oh, you're, you know, you're the dearest friend. The therapy that I didn't have yeah. and the therapy that I don't need is because of my thousands and thousands of hours on the phone with Gail. I get to release the day and... I just realized that she is the friend that everybody should have. And a lot. And it was just like the coolest fucking thing. You know? Yeah, I have, a, I have a rock star best friend named Beth Ditto. And I talk about her all the time. And people think I'm like, like, we get it, you know, Beth. But I'm like, but she's my friend. And she's really funny. And like, we went to Europe once. And she perioded on the bed. And we all laughed. She just, <laughs> she's from Arkansas. She got me to say y'all. Like, you just get this feeling of like it's like Chris opening a present on Christmas when you talk about your best friend because mm -hmm. they get you mm -hmm. and that's like so rare in this planet because there's billions of souls so to find a soul that you connect with is just so rare and beautiful and when people try to tear it down it's so hurtful to me so that's why I get upset I love okay. that I had a best friend once tell me that um that it's so rare to like find people that you really connect with in that way that that you can actually kind of find romantic partners, but like a best friend, that that's the real unicorn. Mm -hmm. It's true because once, because I suffer from bipolar type two. And so sometimes I have just, I just think people are mad at me. And that also goes, I always think I'm in, or I think I'm in trouble, but that's also with white society holding me down and always getting black people in trouble. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But Beth, I said, were you mad at me? She goes, I just want you to know we're always good. I'll never be mad at you. Like, and if, if I ever was, I'd tell you. And that was just, like, the best thing to hear. That's when you, that's your best mm -hmm. friend. We're always good. We're, we're always going to be I'll good. Or I'll tell you. Or I'll tell because you. Because I love when someone will say, like, I will let you know. Like, just a heads up, you hurt me. And when, some, when my friends say that to me, I'm like, oh, you, that means you trust me. Exactly. And I know that Gail and Oprah trust, trust each, each other. other. They also, win in that van, that streamline <laughs> camping. Turin, Turin. Also, claps for Gail right now. Gail is, is having a moment. Gail is oh my Gail is, right now. Don't you. And watching Oprah like blow her up while she's like doing so well. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's like, so exciting. You got all those... Always pump your friends up. Always. Uh, okay, let's... It's so exciting. Okay, so Tasha, we always do origins. Okay. Take us, so take us back. Where take you, us back how to... How did you find Oprah? When Can you, you Google uh, the Oprah clip from Oprah intro 80s? <laughs> jovial and 
bouncy. It's like, what's racism? <laughs> You've got a gay uncle. That's cool. But no one wants to talk about it. It's the 80s. Except Oprah wants to talk about it. And then Oprah rolls up on the scene and is like... Take us back, young Tashi. So that was our 80s theme song. So you listen to that. That brings you back. That's one of your first memories, right? That's one of my first memories. And then I just remember watching the show and kind of growing up with her and progressing with her and seeing, because she talks about the shift from when she did like kind of fluff, you know, the hottest guys in Alaska and, you know, my husband's cheating or stuff like that. She said she did an episode where basically something was revealed and the person was like heartbroken and she said you know i never want to do this kind of content again i only want to lift people up you spoke about the moment on your show that changed your life forever and and what was that moment i think that would be the moment with uh skinheads yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, um you know i think everything that happens in our life is here to teach us something about living and I was doing a show with the skinheads many years ago. Some of you may have seen it. Yeah. And, did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, all, we've all seen every show, show you've, you've ever seen done. Every we've show. seen every show. In the middle of that show, that was when uh, the guy had called me a monkey and yeah. all that. And uh, in the middle of that show, during a commercial break, I saw them signaling each other. And I realized that here I thought I was doing uh, a good service by interviewing them and showing their vitriol and hatred and all that. Mm -hmm. And I realized that they were using me. And after the show, I went and had a conversation with the producers and said, I will not be used again. And I'm only going to use my show as a force for good. And I will never do anything like that again. And what I, what I, at the, the, the end of the 25 years, I had those skinheads back on and they told me that what I was thinking was true, that they used that show as a recruitment tape for themselves. Oh, wow. That's horrifying. Yes. And so it taught me in that, I learned during the commercial break, it taught me that, oh, television is a platform. It's energy going out into the world and you have to be conscious of the energy that you're putting out into the world. And the skinheads taught me. Be aware of the energy that you're putting out in the world. And I made a decision I would not use my platform for that kind of energy again. Oh, wow. wow, that's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Wow. But I remember, I mean, my first memories are just like watching her lose weight and like pull all that fat in a, um, in a truck. Radio wagon. Oh, yeah, like yeah. a radio flyer wagon and be like, I'm skinny. And I was like, I mean, I was a kid. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I didn't, it didn't, I mean, I was like a, I've always been, uh, curvilicious so i to me i was like oh i guess when you're rich you can lose a bunch of weight but that's the truth hello personal trainer personal chef but oprah's an avid gardener and cook okay <laughs> see, let's go over to boo and oink and uh see if we can get 67 see what 67 pounds of fat looks like and let's put it in a wagon that's why i did it at the time i felt it was important to show it in that way because i had not i'd starved I literally starved for four months or four and a half months and thought, well, everybody's going to want to know how you lost the weight, so you might as well tell them. A lot of you already know that what I did was, what I did was I fasted for, without cheating, for a solid six weeks. And uh, Mary Kay, who's a member, producer on the staff here, got married. And I said to them when I first started this liquid protein supervised medically supervised fast. I said to them when I went in with the counselor that six weeks into this, I know I'm going to eat something 
because I'm giving the wedding and paying for the food, so I intend to eat it. And so I did. I cheated, but it was controlled cheating halfway into the diet. But up until six weeks, I ate absolutely nothing. I want you to know that whatever diet you choose, and this audience is filled with people who've had great successes, you can do with the help of your family doctor. And if you can believe in yourself and believe that this is the most important thing in your life, as, as Scott said to us earlier, you can conquer it. Because if I did it, if Scott did it, if Billy did it, you can do it. I thank you very much. Thank you. I, start, I remember that as a kid. I remember that episode so vividly because my mom was always overweight growing up. Weight Watchers. Did your mom do Weight Watchers? She did Jenny Craig. She did Jenny Weight Craig. Watchers. She did the whole thing. But it was like such a it was such a thing. Oh, I mean, it's still a thing now. Like especially women having to have some unrealistic body size. Yeah, I but mean, it was. I just remember. I real. I remember growing up and when I saw the Nutty Professor, I was so upset because I felt like the whole thing was making fun of people who were larger. Yes. And I remember like crying and having to leave the theater because I like felt like my mom was being made fun of. Yeah. And now I can look back at that movie and think it's funny, but it's it was so overwhelming at the time. No, you're right. I never saw The Nutty Professor. I was like... Really? Every, no, I've seen the Hercules clip, but there's a lot of aspects of black culture movies that I... It's not the fact that they're black or, some, or that's not the point. It's the point that... It's an unbalanced movie, and it's not lifting anybody up. It's only mm. putting people down. There's funny parts, but at the heart of it, it's like, at the heart of Joe Dirt, he's like, you're white trash. You know, it's like, that's not a good message. Right. So it's I... Just, it's more mocking as opposed to more... Yeah, uh, and I'm on a serious spiritual journey because, not because of Oprah, but because that's who I am, but she's basically talked to every spiritual person every spiritual leader that I respect and she she really did we were talking about this she really did bring she really brought like a lot of self-care into, and into self-care homes she had Louise Hay and if you guys don't know who that is she's a um an affirmation lady who's a spiritual leader and she passed a couple years ago at 93 years old. Well, I think what is very interesting, and this mm. is regardless of what religion you are, <laughs> um, is what you said in, the, in, in this session that we heard mm. for just a few moments, that love is the greatest healing force I on earth. So. And that is whether or not you have a physical disease or mm. if your disease is jealousy, if your disease is bitterness, Absolutely. if your disease is anxiety, stress, frustration, love can do that. And those of you who question because you're religious, remember the Bible says God is love. That's the whole point. And so, you say you have to start with beginning to love yourself. I think you hear a lot of that in the 80s. And what, the, what does that mean? It means to stop putting yourself down. Stop criticizing yourself. Stop mistreating yourself. Begin to treat yourself as something that's very precious. And when you begin to love who you are, then you can love your neighbor because you love yourself. You see, I don't think we can really love our neighbor till we do love ourselves. The Bible says that. And too. is it love that heals, or is it that something that happens inside you that goes? I think love opens the space. It opens the way for you to create healing for yourself. She's talked to Wayne Dyer. He died like at 84, 85, and he died in 2016 or 15. And he is supposed to, he's said to be the father of spiritual, the spiritual movement. Because mm -hmm. he had a book in the 70s come out called Your Erroneous Zones, and everyone thought it was like a porn book, but it was like, your chakras, bro. 
he had eight kids. He lived a long time. And he has a book called, you guys, if you ever are hurting and you just are lost, I try to take my own life. And I read a book called 10 Secrets of Success and wait for it, inner peace. Cause you can't have one without mm-hmm. the other. You can't, you can be rich, but you could be miserable. But if you're, if you're happy, you're already rich, bitches. You know that. You know that. Also, I love this. Is all people that Oprah brought on. This, this is all, is all people, that, people Oprah that Oprah brought has, on. Has like literally brought into the household. Like when you were saying, like when I was like, when did you meet Oprah? And you were like, it's kind of like the answer it's, for a lot of the millennials. When not like. There wasn't a moment that you didn't come there home from school. There wasn't a moment that you didn't come from from school and Oprah was, was on. And raising us. And raising us and showing us long lost sisters, long lost brothers. I Books. Books. Uh, AIDS. Homosexuality. I, I, I don't, I don't, it's not, I don't know. There's more against you than there is with you. You know what I'm saying? So then should they no, give up? No, I'm not should saying give up? give up, but you can't force something on everybody no, else to, to make them think it's guys. normal. Why can't you can? Why are we separated? Why is there gays and straights? We're there's all people. Life, We're all but American there's citizens. Life. You, but there's I'm demanding the right. There's I'm there's demanding gays, my right to be an American gays. citizen. Yes, to be considered. Issue, and the government isn't going to I'm not a second-class citizen. I demand the right to be legally married. Right. Do you think... Craig and Patrick in holy matrimony. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. And, yeah. and that's the thing that she was doing with that was so. It was like we got we had the Rickies, we had the Jenny Joneses, you know, the way Montel Williams, and they were talk about like, you know, um, putting people down. They were kind of were like, look at the freaks. And Oprah was like, no, like let's actually have a serious like adult conversation at four. PM, you know, when like literally all the little kitties are actually home and they're lucky, you know, like we were a lucky generation. We literally, we had the key, we opened the door and we were alone until our parents got home. It's true. <laughs> At night. And yeah. Oprah was raising us and being Oprah like, Oprah was raising us. Actually, like these, they're not the freaks. They're uh, just people. They're and just that- people. And we're going to, I'm going to honestly talk to them like human beings and let them tell you their stories. Well, even yes. The, even the for, like when the format changed, right? Like after she kind of vanquished Phil Donahue and won the ratings. Right. And like made the show a bit more, like you were talking about before, made it a little bit more about mindfulness and stuff like yes. that. Yes. The change of the set to instead of I'm Oprah, I'm standing in the audience with a mic. Yeah. And Oprah, a, I'm on a, a couch, couch with you. And we're like sharing a living room and we're chatting. That's a very good point. It's like, wasn't, yeah, they weren't on display anymore. It was like, we're all together. Yeah. Sharing the, and she would share her problems. She humanized. Yeah. Uh, She She humanized a lot of things that we all thought were like taboo. You know, like she, 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 she took that out. She took that out. Well, that's what's missing in America today is just people are stuck in their car. They're looking inside their phones they don't interact with other people. So when you tell them you might have to do something uncomfortable that makes you uncomfortable, they're like, but I, but society is, is now made up for people's ultimate comfort. Postmates, Uber, Lyft, everything is of convenience. And so people don't even turn on the TV anymore. It's all YouTube. So nobody even gets to see with their eyes. They don't, they don't even meet these people in the streets. And now we're not even meeting them in our homes like we did in our generation. And, the, and that was That's an event. what... What? It was an event. Like, going home, watching Rosie O'Donnell and Oprah, for me, 
you know, I treated that as like an event. Whereas like, you're right. Like now I can just get the clip and watch it for three seconds while I'm looking at my phone. But man, Oprah comes on. I'm engaged. That's yeah. what I'm doing. And we I'm all did Oprah. it. We all, it was a communal thing. We all uh, did yeah, it Yeah, that's the thing. There's no communal, like, it's just like people are like, that's different. I don't know. I don't have the time because I honestly need to update my story or my Instagram or look at some shenanigans on something or order something online, whatever it may be, so that they're not interacting with people anymore. And that's why there's a lack of humanity now. And that's why I, I I mean, I'm, my end goal in life is I'm advocating for mental health because, oh, y'all, a little touched. (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to ask her like, what? Because she really, I mean, to me, like, you know, I think what, right? Is Oprah, like, our national treasure? Like, not she, one of them. She's, like, our national treasure. She really... Yeah, she Betty's only got a couple days. I'm oh, just kidding. I love Betty White. But... Well, well, but no, but, <laughs> no, but, no, but, but Oprah is, I want to say, Oprah is, like, our national treasure in the way that I've never experienced anyone bring America together. Yeah. In that way. And I want to ask you, I want to I ask you, like, Oprah, why, what do you think about her? Like, why... Why did you, why was she like such a centering force? You know, I don't, I, I've honestly asked myself that question so many times and I think it's just, she has a great personality, but familiar, familiarity, like when somebody, she, she, she's real. She was always real with people on the show and kind of every, you know, a dog comes to your or a cat comes to your door every day at three, you're going to fall in love. You're eventually going to fall in love. And then the other generations that have fallen in love, they just fall in love with her personality. And if you've seen her hula hoop or garden or do anything or yell or scream, my vajayjay is painting. My vajayjay is painting. You know that Oprah (laughs) is a real person and she wants the best for America and for herself and for other people and she has the highest she has her she has the best intentions and so that's why I think she started to get the best intentions after she flipped her format but then it it grew on her like she said someone came up to her in the supermarket and changed the way that she talked to her children because she said when her children would walk through the room she would look for what was wrong with them and not what 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 was right Mm. and the woman came up to the supermarket and said, I've had such a great relationship with my children now. Thank you so much. And I think what Oprah did was she said, oh my God, I can affect so many lives in a positive way, so I'm going to do it. So when you see someone doing that, you appreciate it and you kind of just fall in love. So I I love Oprah for that. That's I love her. I love her. I love you, Oprah. Once Oprah flipped the format, she moved to a, an idea of like uh, working with intentionality why are we doing this show? What is this for? How are, like you said, how are we affecting positive change with this? It can't just be an idea for ratings. And so when they came up with the idea for sweeps, for the car episode, for you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone, came up with, someone came up with this and a producer came up with it and she said, she was interested, but she said, but why? Why would we do? How is that? How would that affect change and not just get? And ratings? then they chose the teachers. Yeah, they chose all these people who needed, needed cars. cars. They cho- so they picked every single hand, picked all those people in that audience, 
Ah, I love this moment so much. This is the moment I love. Someone in this audience still has the chance to go home with a brand new fully loaded Pontiac G6. I love it because nobody suspects. Okay, it's coming. It's coming. Everybody in the audience, now listen to me carefully, is being given a special package, and I don't want you to open it. Do not open it. Cameras are on you, so do not open until I tell you. Joy rising. Joy is about to rise right now. Does everybody have a box? Yes! All right. Inside one of these boxes is a key. Do not open it yet. Okay, everybody, listen up. Here is the deal. If your box has a key, you will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s. Okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Happiest moment ever! I I cried. Uh, Oprah's brought the Oprah's, nation cried. Do you remember the that? Nation cried. The nation cried. That's the that Oprah was seeing us. And as soon as she gave those cars away, the first news story you heard was, "Yeah, but they have to pay the taxes." And Oprah's like. <laughs> Got that too, guys. Nice try. Yeah. Nice cover that? Try. Because you know Price is Right chills. doesn't cover that. I got chills too. I got chills. Because she's so great. I was like, because they tried to. <laughs> like she wasn't going to sort that out. Like she wasn't, like people are, people always want the worst and she wants the best. She goes to Africa and, you know. Starts a school. Starts a school. It's like, and if, and then if she does something that's not perfect, people are like, well, I thought you were superhuman. It's like. No, nobody's perfect except, like my mom says, and we say to my niece, nobody's perfect except for God. <laughs> we're religious, but we're not not judging. Did your mom watch Oprah with you? My mom watched Oprah with me. My mom. Is that a bonding thing? Definitely a bonding thing, but my mom is Oprah-like. Everyone calls her Mama Shirls. We've taken mm. in uh, gay kids who got kicked out of their house when they were younger. My mom is big in the church. And that's why I kind of get so upset about America nowadays because people have the assumption. People do this with every everybody. They assume, like, oh, gay people, they're gross. Oh, religious people, they're crazy. It's like, no, it's a case-by-case basis. I know stereotyping is a lot of fun, but not all Christians believe that gay people are going to hell. So that's why my mom is a big influence on me. My mom let me borrow her ID to go to West Hollywood when I was 18 so I could go to Mickey's. <laughs> hey! That's a good mom! But then, okay, like, bringing it back to, like, the Oprah thing, like, I, that's what I love about Oprah, too. She's constantly putting people of different backgrounds in, in a room and, like, drawing the human connection. I you would... know, like, like we're going to even just jump ahead after Oprah uh, started her own network. Own oh, she did what? Super Soul Sunday. Sunday. And she was having everyone of all backgrounds and faiths relate their stories to again another broad art audience. 
Yeah. yeah. Anyone can sit and kind of take something and understand. Yeah, because... So it's so unique. It is very unique because I, I mean, for me, the ultimate message is if you, whatever you worship or whatever you uh, associate with for your higher power or spirituality, to me, is love. I think we're all worshiping love and unity. And my other thing is I think we're all essentially one. So, and I've learned those things from Oprah. I was going to say, this is so Oprah of you right now. <laughs> yeah, but I, I learned those things. But I mean, I've always been a spiritual kid. I was like, my mom always reminds me that I was like five years old speaking in tongues with my hands up, like praising God. And I have always been like that. And then I was about 19. I said, well, now how could God create an earth and then make people, but if we don't obey him, we burn in hell. I was like, that sounds like a catch-22 to me. <laughs> so I had to reformat my thinking like Oprah did. And then I came back to spirituality and I just, I realized we're all, worship- I just, I think we're all doing the same thing under a different name. And you, you don't even have, and I don't, and I don't believe in hell, so all that fun stuff. But I do think that Oprah really does illuminate that. I really think that she tries to show that we're all on our path. Yeah. And we're all kind of trying to get to the, to the same, the same place, the same, the same, finding that, that inner peace, especially, I feel like it's like, that was even more clear because yes, ma'am, I grew up with the magazine too. Oh, right. Oh, right. You draw, yeah, we tried that up subscription. My grandma was like, oh, I'm going to give it to all of my daughters and daughters in laws. I haven't had O Magazine for six months, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, you, you, you were still getting it? I, I still get O Magazine. Yeah. I just have, I need, I need to renew. I, I mean, if you, you guys want to. I do, because if you want to build a vision board, you're going to need at least three O Magazines. Oh, so much vision board like, material. The, so much like big, bold success. Like, yeah, like well, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Also, That's so true. Pictures oh of gosh. incredibly comfortable furniture. Name of the podcast. <laughs> no, um, name of the episode. Yes. Um, they, but the only two people I have not unsubscribed to in like the like daily emails is O Magazine. Yeah. and Martha Stewart Living. Martha. And I like sometimes have them all saved up. I'm like Martha. Have, I have you so ever tried her chocolate chip cookie? That's crispy, chewy. No. It's like if you put up Martha Stewart's recipe. It's like chocolate chip cookie recipe. It's the first one that comes up. And it's a showstopper. It really, if you, and remember kids, the secret to baking is, it's science. You don't know better than the recipe. Mm-mm. So, just bake it cookie. Don't argue Don't argue with Martha. Never, ever. Don't argue with Martha or Oprah. Orpa. Like, don't, Orpa. Don't argue with. Orpa. Don't Chill. argue with Oprah. Can you think of like an Oprah episode or an Oprah moment that really where her magic on that show when it was still on TV really impacted your life? Well, I guess just, I mean, the AIDS episodes really got to me and let me know that people who are sick, like no one deserves to be sick, you know, and you have to treat everybody humanize just humanity yeah just because you're sick doesn't mean you're disgusting doesn't or, mean you're or, disgusting or, not, or, or worthy of love or right? were exactly or that you did something wrong to get sick exactly yeah. and the newspaper report started when after the, the swimming pool incident no they started back in uh i guess it was in may when i was out one night and uh i had been drinking and uh i had planned on committing suicide <laughs> 
that's what the whole, that's why I was out because my family had told me I couldn't be buried in the family plot. And they had posted And you couldn't be buried in the family plot. Why? Because you had AIDS? Because I had AIDS. And they were afraid, what, the AIDS would seep through the ground? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, you were going to kill yourself in... I was going to just drive off a cliff. I was pretty much intoxicated and had made my mind up, and that's what I was going to do. Because prior to this, had the rumors already started about you going around the supermarket and licking the fruit? Oh, yes. Had you heard that? That had been going on since the first day I got here. That you were, had been seen in the supermarket licking the fruit? Well, that the, they didn't want me in this particular community, and they didn't want me in this particular community, and uh, people would go up and down the little road looking. See, I had heard that, that the local McDonald's, too, that somebody had to put a, put a story in the newspaper because word was that you were working at McDonald's. You know, I've never walked in that building. Mm -hmm. I've never been inside that building. And so explain to us how life was for you here. I went through a social death. I stayed in a back room a lot of the times. Uh, Where? At my sister's apartment. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much laid around and just wished that I could hurry up and die. Mm -hmm. Because I had nowhere to go. Every time I got out, people looked at me and followed me around and screamed at me and pointed. And... Did people try to cause you physical harm? Uh, no. I never encountered that other than at the pool people were screaming and pointing like you know why are you letting him get away we've got him right here why don't you lock him up now while we've got him and were you ever arrested yes okay we'll be back we're in williamson west virginia we'll be back in a moment learning and being me being so close to growing up to the gay community always having a gay best friend i grew up in torrance but adam my best friend uh we had a plan when we were 13, we were going to have sex just because we wanted to try it. What? <laughs> and thank God his stepdad, who was a pastor, came home. Oops. Cut to a couple years later, we weren't really friends anymore. I heard that. I, I saw, actually, I saw him in West Hollywood wearing the uniform. Um, and yes, there is one. It's called um, a plaid shirt cut off with a pair of Timberlands and cut off shorts oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. a tank top. Okay. Mm. And he was wearing that. And I was like, you tried to have sex with me to prove that you weren't gay. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Thank God. God saved me literally that day. Well, didn't Oprah's and Oprah lost her brother to AIDS too. Didn't she? Did I, that's a trip. I read that today uh, in 1989. What? So, okay, so true, like a half brother, because she has a half. Yeah, it's her. It was her half brother who. It said he died from complications from AIDS. Yeah, it was hers. I gotta look into that. Oh wait, I have a good question. Okay. Um, what do you think her actual favorite thing is? What do I think Oprah's actual favorite thing is? I've heard her in her book and. I think she honestly has a lot of favorite things. Probably her dogs mm, are her favorite things. I am a woman who loves dogs. I've always loved dogs. And I think that one of the reasons why I love them so much is because as a child, I wasn't allowed to have them. And as I grew up, that was the first thing I wanted was to get my own dog. To date, I think I've had, I was just counting up before the show, I think I've had 21 dogs since I was an adult. At one time, I had 11 dogs all at one time. And 
nothing makes me happier than being with my dogs. We're going walking. Yeah, we are. Come on. Nothing makes me happier than a walk in the woods or a walk on the lawn or a roll on the lawn with my dogs. But I've heard her talk about just like in her gratitude journal, talking about a peach that she ate and it was the most perfect peach and that she saved the last bite for Stedman. And I was like, oh, that's love. Uh, (laughs) Or about how her neighbor brought over a bowl of lemons with a big bow on it and how it made her so happy. And it was one. And that's what I've learned from Oprah is it's, it's a little things in life and it's the small joys and the small accomplishments and, you know, from all the other spiritual leaders, you know, it's, it's not a race. It's a journey. You know, I remember watching a commercial like 10 years ago for a phone and they were just like, it goes faster. And I'm like, it goes faster, it goes fast. I'm like, why is everyone trying to go so fucking fast? Like Mm -hmm. slow down. Like it's, it's not a race. I mean, it's not a dress rehearsal either, but come on, like just live your life. It's my biggest problem in life is rushing. I'm a huge rusher. Slow down. I know it's terrible. I'm working on it. it you'll do it. Put yeah. it on your dream board. I, I put know. waking up early on my vision board. Woke up. I wake up. Woke up at six. I woke up at actually five forty-five today. Did you cut that out of O magazine? I honestly, my vision boarding came from. I've heard about them before, but I never really. I I Oprah talked about them, but I missed. I honestly missed those episodes. Like I. Mm. Because it got, you know, like, her show, it got spotty for a couple of years in my 20s when I stopped. I, I didn't stop watching, but I didn't watch as frequently. You weren't, you weren't as addicted as when we were in high school because it wasn't on your schedule kind of thing, right? Yeah, it wasn't on my schedule. And then, you know, DVR came out, I think. I don't know if DVR was before or after. I definitely, after, while Oprah was on the air. Because I did have a party for the end of her show. You did? Tell us about I've, it. I invited people over. I was like, it's the end of an era. Like, you know, we watched the episodes. I cried. It was very emotional. I have the book or the mag, the O magazines mm-hmm. from like you the end. You had out and for the party. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge vintage. I'm a, I love current Oprah, but just vintage Oprah, anything makes me so excited. Like, just the old era, like the 80s, early The old 90s. era, yeah. I mean, you know, the colors, this weird turquoise and purple, you know, uh-huh. Harpo Productions, Oprah Spill Backwards. Um, I still don't have an Oprah mug, so if anyone wants to get me one. But you collect Oprah memorabilia? I collect Oprah memorabilia. I have a denim embossed jacket. I have sweatshirts. I have t-shirts. I have a bag. Check our Instagram. We're going to show you all of that, hopefully. Yeah. While this episode airs. But I, if, and you know, I've talked to, I will talk about this. I used to get so upset because I would talk to like straight white guys and they always would say that they didn't like Oprah. And really? it mm-hmm. so really? many times over and over. I'd have to listen to why people don't like. And I was like, you know, I don't like certain entertainers, but I don't tell the person I'm who is very excited about them why I don't like them. I just sit, I just, but I found that sis, sissy white dudes, sissies, yes. as I call them. <laughs> Uh, don't like a strong, su- successful black woman. They don't like a strong, successful woman, period. Because yeah. 
They're too busy measuring their dicks and doing other shenanigans. Well, and I think she was threatening. I remember... Very I was thinking about this today. Like, my dad really didn't like Oprah growing up and didn't like it when I had it on in the house. And I think it was because it was about feelings. And it was about expressing your feelings, thinking about how you're feeling, getting in touch with how you're feeling. And to a lot of straight men, that's a very challenging idea. That's the opposite of how America is set up. Opposite town, USA. Suppress, suppress, suppress. Yeah, they talk about like the Oprahfication of America, which I think is a good thing. And well, any parts of America that got Oprahfied, I'm happy for. Amen. You got Oprahfied. I'm like glad of that. But now you have like the Fox News and stuff talking about how like we hit this terrible thing where people start to learn about self-esteem. Like self-esteem is bad. Or self, it's self-worth. Self-esteem is self-worth. And people don't want you to have self-worth because they want to, because those other people are too busy avoiding taxes and just trying to stay rich and hold on to their money. Yeah, exert dominance. And if you have self, self-worth, they can't push you down. Push if you you're down. a black woman or if you're a lesbian woman or if you're a trans woman, you know? Yeah, and heaven forbid a homeless person, homeless people are mentally ill people. Yes, some of them are drug addicts, but remember kids, in the 80s, Reagan shut down a lot of mental health hospitals and defunded a lot of things, and that's why I saw a woman taking a dump in a FedEx box yesterday because nobody wants to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants, and the Oprahfication of America is me seeing that and wanting to be the change. That is my ultimate goal, is to try to help people who have mental... Everyone's... You're all a little touched. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on how much help you need. So I want people to get the help they need. I've gotten the help that I need. And I think everyone deserves it. And I do think Oprah gave... Like, I I, I, I remember, like, you know, hearing retrospectives and uh, since Oprah's been off the air. She went off the air in 2011. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Um... Uh, and I remember, so there's been, so we've had some time and some time to reflect and there's been like so many women, especially like women who were, who were working from home being like, I had never really heard or seen my issues addressed. And that's what we're kind of talking about. We're talking about like, we had never seen AIDS addressed this way. We had never seen trans lives addressed in, I addressed mean, in I mental disabilities addressed, addressed in that way. And addressed, and, and then and she kept doing it. It wasn't like she was like, here's a special episode. Yeah, it wasn't she, like... She every episode was kept, special. Every episode was special, and she just kept having that and being like, no, your emotions are valid. Your feelings are valid. Your abuse is so valid. I mean, she really talked about it. I abuse. mean, she made me feel valid because seeing a person of my skin tone, and I want to say this because I people are like, my tone of black on TV every day. People are like, I see black people all the time. I'm like, I'm not discounting that there are mixed people, but there is definitely a dark out of America, girl. It's like, so seeing my color reflected on TV was important. And it made me know that I was important and that I could get there. And it was all possible. Cause if Oprah can do it, so can I, if Oprah, used to go to the bathroom in an outhouse, mm-hmm. then so can I. Do you know? Like, there's nothing... If she can do it, so can I. And you know what I think is? She did it 
I think the other thing that we're talking about her being threatening, she did it in a, such a kind of confidence as if she just woke up that way. I, yes. Watching Oprah, I didn't. That's a classy ass bitch. I tell you that classy, right now. Classy. As like a, as a little white boy, I, you know, uh, you know, in my white bubble, I just believe that that was just normal. You know, I didn't understand race. I was just surrounded by other white people. So seeing Oprah to me, like mm-hmm. it took me a while to realize the disparity because I knew Oprah. Right, so you were like, well, I thought all black people had TV, or could or could work on them, or, you know, right. whatever. I hear you. But that's like, but that's a beautiful thing to see, like, to know that, you know, maybe if you didn't get to grow up around that many black people, you like, your best black friend was Oprah. Hey, I'm mean, I think so many white people's best black friend was Oprah. Was and, Oprah. That's okay, and that's great, because it's better than having none at all. Yeah. And I still, to this day conduct myself in I remember in like 2001 uh some couple told me I articulated myself very well and I was just like (laughs) and I just didn't you know it's just so funny that but it's the thing is is that I still to this day try to carry myself I honestly do say WWOD, what would Oprah do in this situation? How would she carry herself? What would she say? I mean, I have my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, but it's like it's always good to have a mentor or a leader or someone to look up to, and that's Mm -hmm. Oprah for me. She also, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I mentioned this too, about like, like the philosophy of the podcast is always to be like, positive about the diva yeah and something oprah always does instead of her philosophy is always to just shine the light on the thing that she thinks is important or new or wonderful right and not spend a lot of time like napalming the things that she hates sprinkles people does anyone know that oprah put sprinkles on the m and f and map do you guys know that? No. What, what did she do? For I sprinkles? remember when sprinkles started. Wait, sprinkles, sprinkles like on ice cream. Sprinkles cup the cupcake company. <laughs> oh, I don't know sprinkles the cupcake company. Oh, you don't? They have a, a sprinkles uh, cupcake ATM. It's very popular in Los Angeles. It's delicious cupcakes. But they, I think they started in Chicago, and she passed them out in the audience, and then they kind of blew up. But she should do with everything. I mean, we're talking about blowing up books. 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 Everyone has books. Taught taught America to read again. I know. Not this guy. I don't read books. (laughs) You didn't didn't get affected because Nick and I were trying to compare notes. I I realized like the four books that I I only read three with her in real time, but there were four that she got me to read. Yeah, I was. I have attention deficit disorder. I have no problem. I, Did you I skip will, those episodes? Where you're I like, will audio down. No, I can watch anything and pick up on anything and like relate. And that's the thing about any experience. You can get something positive from it. From it. When you go to the hairdresser, ask your hairdresser what she's doing. Ask questions. Ask your mechanic. Ask an expert. There's always something to be learned. So I would never skip over an Oprah episode. She could drop some wisdom bombs. I love books. When I was growing up, books were my friends. When I didn't have friends, I had books. And what we want to do is start a book club here on The Oprah Show, because I know a lot of you are in reading clubs out there, and you have a book of the month and so forth. And I want to get the whole country reading again. Those of you who haven't been reading, I think books are important. So... This is what we're going to do. Our first book to read, it is a novel written by Jacqueline Machard. It is called Deep End of the Ocean. Y'all are going to have to buy it. 
All, I have no interest in it except I like the book. But we're going to read together, and then we're going to have Jacqueline on. We're going to invite her over to dinner, and then we're going to pick people from this audience who've read the book and either enjoyed it or didn't. And they're going to be at the dinner. We're going to have you write us, and we'll perhaps pick some people from those of you who write us and tell us what you thought. Maybe we'll have you to dinner with us and the author. Here's where to write, Oprah's Book Club, P.O. Box 617-640, Chicago 60661. Or you can write us at America Online, those of you who know how to do that, using the keyword Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Okay, you get one month, then we'll meet back here in a month, and we'll talk about the book, just like they do in the reading clubs. Isn't that exciting? I love it! Can, can I tell you what I think Oprah's two favorite things are? Oh, yes. I think it's a tie between Gail and bread. I love bread. I love bread. I now just manage it, so I don't deny myself bread. I have bread every day. I have bread every day. That's the genius of this program. I lost 26 pounds, and I have eaten bread every single day. My favorite breakfast, because I love bread. Bread, 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 bread. bread. I'll get the grainiest, nuttiest seed bread, seven grain, nine grain, 12 grain bread I can find. I've learned that an eighth of bread will spread perfectly over one slice of bread. Bread, 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 bread. Then a sliced, very thin bread, no point at all. One chopped, 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 basil leaf, no point at all. One very thin smoked slice of bread, which is maybe one point if you want to go hog wall crazy. Add a fried egg to that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I just love how hard Oprah stands for bread because I love bread so much. She did one commercial and everyone took it and ran. I, but I, but you know what? God bless that we get another, we get to have like another like iconic Oprah quote beyond. Because like I was getting so sick of everyone being like, you get it. Like anytime someone gets something like, I got a tie. You get a tie. Like at least now we can eat bread and in our little head say, I love bread. I do love bread. I can't keep bread in the house. So that's something. I eat bread in the house all the time. And I feel like Oprah told me it was okay. She did, but in moderation. In moderate. It's a sometimes food. Yeah, it's a sometimes food. <laughs> on your weight, weight Watchers list. She's back on the, she's like so hard on the Weight Watchers thing. Like, I, I. I've been getting my life together slowly like we all have and slowly all do. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. And that's, I think I am going to try Weight Watchers. But not because I like, I just want to be healthy. Right. And I, and I just literally listened to Oprah talk about it like a couple of days ago, like not even for this podcast. And I was like, I was thinking like, oh. Because like she does talk about, she's like, what is she, she oh, in the commercials, she's like, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. You know, so it's not like you, like, it's it just, it's, I think it's, yeah, it's just like you're just more accountable as opposed to, like, cutting things out. Like, you just are more aware of You just aware don't your space food. out and drive through McDonald's. It's right. It's like, you know. It's an awareness, like, about what the calorie count is and what are good what calories you're and in bad your, calories. What you're putting in your body. And uh, that in America, as we see, doesn't want you to have self-worth, so they supersize your life and they... They don't care that you are diabetic. They don't. 
it's it's vices and horrible things are everywhere. So all she's only trying to say is be accountable. Like you said, be accountable for yourself. Be aware. Mm-hmm. And make a little money off the Weight Watcher stock. Get yeah. it, girl! And not a little bit. She's the richest woman. Um, I don't... Is she still the okay. richest woman in the world? I she's don't know. The, those she's are the richest African-American woman yes. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to let everyone know out there and take this and say it all the, t- all the time. Uh, prosperity is your divine right. It is your right, your your right in this universe to be prosperous. It's not just for Oprah. It's for everybody. Here mm-hmm. I come, prosperity. <laughs> well, because we live in a culture of, of scarcity. We live in a culture of scarcity. I've learned, I mean, poverty mentality is real where you just, you know, you think you're poor all the time or it's not enough. And, you know, rappers and... Teslas, it's everywhere. It's like you need to. I don't know. If, why do I hate Teslas so much? Oh, I, how much do they cost? Like a million dollars. I don't know. Like no, they're like a car that costs like a hundred thousand dollars. Every time I see one, I just want a Kia, and it's like yeah. But but I, I would. But what would Oprah do? She wouldn't keep that. She wouldn't keep it. But I also want to say like we are all. We're if we're gonna get into this spiritual talk, like we are all. We prosperity is you know. We can have that if we wanted to, but yeah. I, but I think like once we get it the way that Oprah did, also bring up those that are coming with you. You know, like lift those up that have helped you lift yeah. yourself up. You yeah, know? I didn't say that quite right. Like right. that was some mumbo no, jumbo no, no. words, but that's but, sense. but it's like you know, like Oprah was super good to her company to Harpo. Like she kept those people, she kept those people close to her, and she like encouraged like you know those people. I remember Rosie, she hired. Rosie O'Donnell, remember when Rosie O'Donnell came back for that like weird season? Mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell had like a, a show, mm-hmm. um, and I think in uh, 2014, she had Rosie come to Chicago because she didn't want, Oprah didn't want to have uh, those people lose their jobs. Right. Wow. You know, like, Oprah was so committed to that, and, and to those people, and wanting to try to keep letting that prosperity uh, uh, grow. Yeah. yeah, do you want to meet Oprah? I was supposed to work at this thing that she was going to be at and possibly meet her, but it didn't happen. But I've always said and thought I want to meet her on... You can never meet Oprah on her level, but I don't want to meet her... Sure, if I meet her at Starbucks, great, but I want to be (laughs) like... Because you know Oprah's just driving up and getting that venti. You didn't hear about the guy. She's standing in line for her venti. Yeah, she went to Starbucks last year and this guy didn't know who she was. No. Because there's a new generation of people who don't know who Oprah is. And Oprah mm. goes to the supermarket because she lives... She loves to shop. She out. loves to shop. The girls... I lost... What was it? Talking about meeting, meeting her. her. Meeting... If I... I don't... I want to meet her, hopefully, like, at a party or at a thing or at a da 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 Like at some industry event. Some some sort of something. An or dinner. Or at her house in Maui. You know, no biggie. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a question for you. Describe if you could have a, a girlfriend's weekend with Oprah and Gail. Oh, shit. What would y'all do? We would go to Maui because uh, we'd go to her house in Maui and pick vegetables and make dinner and maybe watch an old episode of 227 with Jack A. Harris and maybe play like a a card, not a, I don't know. Yeah, play like a card game, not a card game, like a board game or something. Just 
bro down, just sister friends. Oh, I would, I'm but Maui is magical, so that's why. And there's so many, you could do like a whole search of Oprah holding a basket full of veggies. I feel like there's- On seen, O Magazine. On O Magazine, yeah, there's yeah. like hundreds I of have a, um, I have a little pouch with her of all of her garden. Bruce gave it to me. My friend Bruce gave it to me. It's all of her pictures of her gardening on a little pouch. That's amazing. That's cute. That's it's so a, it's cute. amazing and cute, but it's it's also problematic. Anyways, <laughs> a white lady made it, so you know, and that's okay. But you know, that's Oprah, Oprah in the garden. Oprah the in the Oprah, like, Oprah in the picking garden vegetables. picking vegetables. White Look, lady made. I, I, I made something for you of your icon. Being in her natural she, habitat. And this bitch, I forget her Instagram account. She's very popular. I won't say it, but she. Bruce? No, not oh, okay. the, the person who made the pouch makes oh. other stuff too. Oh, oh, Bruce didn't make it. She bought it. She bought it. Oh, okay. But yeah, they're very problematic, guys. You know, I don't know. It's a sticky. It's sticky out there. We're talking about Oprah as a TV. You know, oh, so that's what everyone knows of her. Obviously, iconic. Uh, you know, queen of the world, but also like the girl can act. She can act, and I there's certain movies I haven't seen like The Butler. I haven't seen The Butler. I've seen The Butler. She's great in it. I well, haven't. She's drunk, right? Both of you are crazy. She's amazing at it. Yeah. Well, I don't watch <laughs> new content, anyways. I'm like keep it to the vintage. I keep it vintage. I don't. I really. It's just because I could honestly give a shit. I just would rather watch. Freeway with like, um, did you guys ever see Freeway with uh, Reese? Reese, Reese Witherspoon? Mm-hmm. The retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, I just like an old movie. I watched Degrassi High and Junior High from the 80s and 90s. Oh, Degrassi is so Well, good. you saw Oprah and obviously The Color Purple. Yes, Oprah and which, The Color which, Purple. And talking about magic, that, I mean, I, I, I feel like that's a huge Oscar. Missed up. Missed up. You told Harpo to beat me. Oh my life, I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Girl, child ain't safe in a family man's. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead before I let him beat me. Now, you want a dead son-in-law, Miss Seeley? You keep on advising him like you do him. This life be over soon. Heaven lasts always. Girl, you ought to bash Mr.'s head open and think about heaven later. Yeah, and it's interesting because everyone has a different method for acting. I'm not like a huge actor, but I act. So it's always, I always wonder like what her method was and how she pulled. How she got she, there. How she got there, what she pulled on. And it's like, mm-hmm. obviously she has so much, but it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. Especially for a debut. For like, it's one of the greatest screen debuts ever. And she really... I was reading, sorry, I was reading, I forget who it was, someone was talking about working with her on Beloved, and they said that she's extremely technical, and like a real pro, and that she's very smart, and that she's very aware of like, the camera, like the technical aspects of filming, and that watching her, they said, was a real masterclass, even though she doesn't act in film that often... And I, I wish I could think of who the actor was who was saying it, 
But they were just saying what a masterclass it was to watch her working on that movie. Wow. Because she was so aware. And I guess it comes from working on a TV show for a long time. You're aware of all the moving parts around you, especially ah. if you're used to being in charge. And as someone who works on film and TV quite a bit, like I know that that's been one of the biggest challenges for me is being aware that, oh, you're just a part of a really, really big and complicated team. Yeah. And knowing what your part is in that team and sticking that part every time with creativity and passion is a tough skill to learn. It's hard. It's fun, but it's hard. And it's interesting that everyone, you know, that people tear other people down all the time, like Oprah, who is an actor and a spiritual leader and Oprah fight America and how it's helped so many people. And it's like, you know, it's weird that people want to tear other people down because they don't know how to lift themselves up. Hey, hey, <laughs> you could quote me on that. <laughs> well, I mean, Oprah used yeah. to do an hour, the, you know, she was like, no one does that anymore with an hour long sit down with celebrities. Remember, she would be like, Tommy is coming and would oh. talk to that, that, that batshit man for like a whole hour. You know, R.I.P. Like, really, Tom. Uh... <laughs> I'm a Tommy girl stan. She is a Tommy I'm a Tommy girl, girl. Like, I'm a full Tommy girl stan, so I love that Oprah and Rosie were like, Tommy! Oh, I Tommy, know. Tommy, can they you hear me? They Tommy, love can you so hear Tommy. me? Snack. Um, little snack, too. He's like 5'7". Um, I know. She would also have so many divas on, speaking of this podcast. Like, I remember we, us taping when Tina Beth Turner. was on. Tina Turner. She was a Tina Turner stan. Now, shoot. If we had Oprah on, don't you think she would do Tina? Do you... Do you think Oprah, yeah, who do you think Oprah's favorite diva is? Probably R.I.P. Aretha, but do you guys remember, I have to bring this up, do you remember when Oprah sang the intro to her song, to her own show and recorded a song? Oh. Oh my God. I believe I'll run on, see what the end will be, believe I'll work on, find out what waits for me, I see 10,000 stories and glories and dreams See angels right here on earth I see laughing and crawling and loving and knowing what life is worth shipping and then just donate it back to charity because it is worth it it's like six uh this long but she talks remember she was she was even a john travolta fan oh she was she john travolta her 50th birthday was travolta out it was travolta mania i mean it was wasn't it she loved john travolta and john travolta would always come on in a new wig oh my god and dancing with her and kelly and kelly preston would sometimes come on uh, the uh, double beard sitch. Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> but you know what? You know what's better than one beard? It's two, two beards. Two beards. A beard and a merkin. But the thing is, they were like, you know, she would have guests on like a Celine or something, and oh, and they would Celine have them singing. So oh yeah. Show this this people singing like Celine. Remember that iconic when Barbara came on and she was like, I need a white mic. Right? Was that was that mm-hmm. that was over? And but they were they, they show them singing, and then they cut to Oprah to see Oprah's expression because it's so real and honest and she's crying. 
crying and she's singing along as if she's like us. Yeah. As if she's just like a normal person. Yeah. That's what's so crazy is that Oprah's a billionaire, but everyone's relating to her. Yeah. She's like when? still surprised. She still loves the products she's she has. She still is like somehow able to be so... Because she's got that inner peace because inner she's peace. not... She can still be in the world, but not of the world. Exactly. And in the moment and stay live and present. And when you are present, then life is a gift and you're opening it up every moment. And, and you find joy in things, and things like a bowl of lemons. Yeah. Or your favorite peach. It's so, it's like, that's why she can sit there and watch Barbara Streisand or Tina Turner and put on the wig and dance and get excited and cry because she knows that life is something to be treasured and special and to be lived in. And a lot of people don't know that because they're too busy rushing to get mm-hmm. to whatever. I don't know. It's it's not a race, guys. It's only a race if you're like in a go-kart. I when, when she had Bet on and Bet sang the rose and she like set it up, she teed it up like such a big thing. And then I remember her just weeping while Bet was singing the rose. And I was thinking, Oprah feels the same way about this song as I do. And it made me... Connected love to her, her so much because she loved the same things that we did, and I think now, and I know we've repeated this a lot, but now we connect with people because they hate the same things as we do. Oh, I, I, you guys talk about this a lot. On your no, show? I just feel like we just were no, this I up do. Earlier. Like, yeah, it's true. People connect on what they don't like. Like, I, I'm a swiper, an avid swiper, and a born again virgin, so it's an interesting combination. <laughs> But so many people are like, don't like drama, don't like this, don't like that. And you're like, well, what do you like? Mm-hmm. And my least favorite, just ask. Nigga, you asked me, I'm the girl. <laughs> I know roll, gender roles are mixed up now, but I'm not going to ask your sorry ass from Santa Monica City College. Or just like be bold enough or brave. I think that, you know, again, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast is to ask people on and be bold enough and brave enough to be like, this is what I love. I love... This person's work unapologetically, now, always, forever. And I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. And I, uh, a, a side note for that, for me, is I'm trying to, I'm just trying to get in this point, I guess, is people need to realize that if somebody doesn't love something like you do, or they simply just don't care, it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be really, because I've dealt with people tearing down the stuff I love, but it doesn't invalidate you. The only person who validates you is you. So if someone doesn't like what you like, it's not gonna it's not gonna change anything because they don't have to wake up with you or go to sleep with you. All that matters is you. I don't care very much of what other people think of me, but I care very much of what I think of myself. I forget who that quote is, but I learned it from Wayne Dyer in his book Staying in Balance recently and it that it's so true. Care mm. about yourself and have self-worth guys don't don't put it in anybody else's hands because it's it's fragile okay there's uh, what i learned about saint francis of assisi mm-hmm. was there's this whole thing that he said my only job on earth is to put the back of my hand on the forehead of the sow and remind it that it is lovely what's a sow just like a like because he was a patron saint of animals uh-huh. so of any animal that might not think it was lovely and remind it that it was lovely. And I like to think of that a lot as like my job as an actor. But I definitely think that that's what Oprah did for everybody. That's beautiful. Which is like to the lowest, the dirtiest creature or whatever. To remind it that it's lovely. Wayne Dyer said he went to a bathroom in India. And there was a, like a homeless guy. And Wayne Dyer's like the guru, the godfather of spirituality. And he said he was in this bathroom like 
a couple of years before he died, and he said he was like, ew, in his mind, he was like, ew, gross, disgusting, this guy is like, has and then he left the bathroom, and then he said he turned around, or he stopped in his tracks, and he was like, and he just went back and hugged the guy, just hugged him, and gave him money, and talked to him, and all that other stuff, so that's just what you have to remember, is we're, that's a human being, you know, yeah. like, we're all beautiful in our own ways, if you know, we can all be washed up and cleaned off, you know, but keep that soul clean, guys, okay? <laughs> okay, you dirty little bitches. <laughs> last question, any more questions? Well, we, we, uh, we'll just, we always have a last question before, uh, uh, that, we, that we close out in. Uh, do you have any other Oprah, we'll just ask if you have any other random Oprah tidbits you want to share? Oprah Tashi tidbits. Um, I have an Oprah poster in my house that I got from Starbucks or Chai Latte excursion. <laughs> I was the Oprah Chai, and I got it from Torrance. I'd like to thank Fred still because he <laughs> was the manager of that Starbucks and let me have the poster, gave it to my sister. Uh, Oprah, if you ever hear this or are listening, I, lo- I love you. I don't have to meet you, but I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart and for showing me that I am a person of self-worth and value and that I deserve everything that everybody else does and that we all do. And if you're not very familiar with Oprah, if you have like, you know, we all have, you don't have to be friends with everybody and you don't have to like everybody, but Oprah's not trying to hurt anybody. She's just trying to help them. So you can be indifferent if you don't like Oprah and that's okay because you know you have your self-worth. Hold on to your self-worth, kids, because I got mine. I didn't get it from Oprah. I had to, you have to build it up and build it up and build it up until we're solid. <laughs> solid as a rock. <laughs> that is what Oprah is. How bad should feel. All right, Tashi. Tashi, thank yes. you so much for thank coming you for on the coming podcast. Thank you for coming to talk about Oprah, queen of everything. Is there a last question or that was you it? Actually you actually did, did the last question without us asking the last okay. question. Yeah, our last question is what would you say to Oprah? And then you just naturally uh, felt the spirit and read I felt it. the spirit. So you read, you read through that. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, hey, if you have found yourself worth through this episode, why don't you write a review about it and then download this episode. Like and, and subscribe. And uh, uh, download uh, every episode. Um, and follow me on Instagram. I'm at for real. That's at F-E-R-R-E-A-L. <laughs> Gotta get my followers up because I'm private because I don't need some hair weave from I don't know what country trying to follow me like spam. <laughs> Yes. yes. Follow Tashi everywhere. Find out where she's performing, which she's on. Adam ruins everything, and watch it. And my 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 show Blackberry Jam is at the Cha Cha Lounge in Silver Lake on Mondays once a month. Yes. Last Monday of the month. The last Monday of every okay. month. So get it's, your eye cows out. It's a diversity show, so it's very light on white cis males. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds still light. Yeah, and thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. Thanks for coming, and thanks everybody for thinking about Elaine listening and for coming our fans are called battle angels battle angels <laughs> um thanks we love you alright bye bye, bye. bye.